Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 330, and it is Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Oboyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. Uh, you've heard it here uh, first. Um, starting uh, tonight for this week's episode, uh, until the end of September, early October, uh, Codex Prime will be airing on Wednesdays. So uh, be sure to tune in on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, to catch Codex Prime Live on Facebook Live. And uh, as always, we'll also post our episodes on audio form uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, so yeah, you know, just, just one day, just one day ahead of the week. And uh, yeah, same, same uh, nerdy goodness and magic as we, as we provide. Um, as Carl is sharing the episode, I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to all of our, uh, of, uh, lo- our lovely and loyal uh, viewers and listeners thank you so much for you know keeping up with the show and you know just watching us you know uh rattle on about uh nerd stuff movies video games uh, mo- uh wrestling comics you name it uh we chat about it and also a shout out to the uh midnight uh midnight basketball league. rhode island midnight basketball league yes, yes. Uh, our sponsor and it kicked off last night which was a huge success uh, big shout-outs to the Greater Providence YMCA, uh, Centerville Bank, whose team, they didn't play yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, all, but yeah, all the sponsors, all the sponsors, the, um, the vendors, DJ Lady Rock, who hopefully will be showing up here soon. Um, just everybody who just came out, it was a blast. Tomorrow night, the league continues. So, uh, yes, just make sure you come through Kent County YMCA. Starting games kick off, tip off around like 6 until whenever they finish. Nice. It was a late night. It was a late night last night, but it was a fun time nonetheless. Nice. Awesome. That's, that's what's up. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're here. Um, got, some, got some things to chat about. Um, you know, got some movies uh, that, I'll, that I'll highlight as well. Uh, you know, uh, Carl, as you're sharing the episode, um, what's new with you? What's new, what's new in the in, in your world? What's good A in the lot. And I can't even talk like comic book wise. I'm literally like freestyling this right now because, my lord, I've been busy. Yeah, I bet. Let me see. I don't even know where to start. Um. So, comics. Video games? Video games. Okay. Yes, I have been playing. I have AEW's Fight Forever. Okay. It's no mercy with AEW characters. I haven't, in fairness, I haven't had a chance to play much of it um, yet because, you know, I'm, con- you know, I've been, it's been a very busy few weeks for me. Um... I yeah, uh, but so far it's it's literally just No Mercy. I had to kind of remember how to play No Mercy in order to play this game. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I really, I mean, they have like a nice little like some extra like games. They have like a little trivia game in there, mm-hmm. but but strictly like the, about the history of AEW and some other. Uh, Various games that you can um, that you can play as well. I haven't started Road to Elite yet. Played with a couple of characters. Of course, Kenny Omega was the first one. Played with Punk, uh, MJF, Adam Cole, Bebe. Um, 
So a few just to kind of get a you know get a feel for what the game's gonna be like and whatnot. Um, and so far it's not bad. Uh, takes a little you know it's gonna take me a bit of time to you know give a much more detailed review. Like I haven't even didn't even do Road to Elite. I haven't even um not yet. Just haven't even did a creative wrestler mode at all. So. I, I can't even uh, comment on most on much of it, but it's been because it's been so busy on my end, and I can't even blame I can't even blame it on the baby. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. you know, I, I will say like with uh, from what I've seen of AEW Fight Forever, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but um, I I do like the fact that we do have an alternative to just the WWE 2K games. Right. Um, and I like something that, that's a bit more accessible that has that No Mercy, like, Aki style of gameplay where it's just more arcade and the sim- simulation. Um, from what I've seen of Fight Forever, it does have potential to grow. Uh, I, I do like their proposed uh, business model of just introducing uh, incremental updates as the months go on with, like, new additions to the roster, new game modes. I know that they're going to introduce FTR, Keith Lee, Danhausen, and also st- Stadium Stampede. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Hook's going to be another character. Yeah, yeah you got to name him. Yeah, and um, and I hope that uh, from, what I, from what I've seen of their creator wrestler mode, if they can manage to eventually achieve the depth of the 2K games, okay, then we've got something really special there because... Like WWE's 2K create community creations is unparalleled. You can literally create anybody. anybody. Yeah, even down to the belts. Yeah. So, so if AEW can kind of eventually kind of nail something close to that, then I think we'd have a uh, something that's, that that could be a really strong competitor. Um, because because I do want to play I do want to play Fit Forever eventually. Um, eventually I'll probably wait for a sale. Maybe have it like go down in price level because right now like. For full price, it, it does seem rather rather limited, kind of bare bones right now. But it does have a chance to grow. That's that's a fair assessment. That that's a fair assessment to say on it. Um, but so far, yeah, so far it has more of a fan, yeah. It has a decent, it has a nice fun factor to it. Yeah. It was EGM. Yeah. That had the the fun factor rating. So yeah, I will give it give that a hot. Give that a high rating. Okay. So, more time. WWE's control layout for their video games. Yeah. Their video games sucks. Mm. Well, I'll say like um, for for John Nunez's comment. Um, I'll say that the control layout, like it's it's gotten better with the two K twenty two. I think it's gotten a bit easier. Something kind of similar to the uh, SmackDown Here Comes the Pain and, and SmackDown vs Raw two thousand six. It's a bit more accessible, but. I will agree that uh, with the with the 2K style of games, it's a, it's it's a simulation, so there's a lot more complexity to the controls. Sometimes to the detriment of the gameplay, um, but I feel I feel like if if they can strike a good balance between like that simulation style of controls and like the accessible accessible controls in Fight Forever, yeah, then we've got something. And I will say too, like um, if if you if, if, like the ideal wrestling game now. Is if, if we have like the pick up and play gameplay style of Fight Forever with the graphics of a 2K game and the depth of the community creation of 2K and even Fire Pro, we've got ourselves the the, the, ideal the game. yeah the ideal the perfect oh, yeah. wrestling game probably expensive to create with all that yeah probably yeah perfect yeah yeah 
if you can get something like that, then, then we're on the money there. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, uh, this past Fourth of July. I uh, was on the franchise report, so big shout outs to uh, DJ Franchise and uh, Re- and uh, Remy TV. I like DJ and on the radio. That was a good format. That was just like a good format. I was like, I need, I need to do this more often. Too bad I have a day job. <laughs> but big shout outs to them too. They were, it was a lot of fun. Like we had like some very well discussions. Um, I was on uh, the. Ch- I was on the Clash Brothers podcast a few weeks ago. Oh my God! Big shout outs to Todd, Charles Browns, uh, the Charles Browns, and Travis Fliz Wiggins, and all, the, and Dante. And, oh my God, yo, we was just going in on like various pop culture segments, uh, you know, the happenings in pop culture, especially that week. That was the week of the Titan Submersive. Oh yeah, it's uh, the implosion. Yeah, I have my thoughts. Probably won't match yours, and you probably think I'm a piece of shit for it. Go on. I have no sympathy. You know, what? I'm in the same boat. Okay. Pun intended. Fives. <laughs> um, I mean, I will say, like uh, the the CEO of Ocean Gate, um, Stockton Rush. Um, or should it be something crushed? I'm sorry. Damn. Um, you know, for somebody, he, he, he got what was coming to him. Because for somebody who openly openly said that, yeah, basically, fuck safety. I don't have to worry about this shit. You know, you know safety gets in the way of innovation. And it's, but despite people telling him, yo, this sub will eventually crumble on you. Like, this is not fit for deep sea exploration. He, did, he fucked around. And, and found out. Found out. And but I will say I do have an ounce of sympathy because like the the young the young boy who was the only there, year. yeah, who was only there because his father dragged him along. I feel bad for that kid. Yeah. But everyone everyone else like y'all know better. Yeah. People have more money than common sense. Exactly. And 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 even James Cameron who. You know, he's 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 an expert in the field. He actually created his own proper submersible, consulted with experts in the field of deep sea diving. He actually traveled to the Titanic like thirteen times. Yeah, like he's an expert. Like he even said that like when he got the news, the the news that of, of the implosion, like what happened, he instantly knew that you know that what happened exactly. And poor Logitech lost money. They like their stock went down. I heard about that. Their stock went down. We're like. We didn't tell him to make this. Yeah. And he I, bought our controller to do that. That's all him. Yeah. And and oh my god, to 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 control a submersible with a wireless third-party controller. I don't I don't have the words to describe that kind of insanity, stupidity, hubris. Yeah, there was a lot of ego involved. Oh yeah. Not, not to mention, for the same amount of money, you could have safely went and saw the Titanic. Yeah. Same amount of money. Yeah. Same amount of money, like with a either with a properly built 
submersible. Yeah. Or better yet, you can just watch the hundreds of documentaries <laughs> that, are, that are out there in high def, I'm sure in 4K, you know, on your OLED. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> watching the Titanic wreckage from experts who took the time to safely explore the wreckage. And it's like, it's like, damn. And, 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 you, and you want to know what else, too? What, what really what really grinded my gears about the whole thing was where the news media for, like, a, a week was basically counting down or, or giving people the impression that, oh, the submersible's still out there, they're running out of oxygen, and they had a whole countdown. Come to find out that I think the only reason why the media was giving the impression that the, that the, that the passengers were still alive was just to build up sympathy for these rich billionaires who wasted their money and their lives, you know, yeah. for this whole thing. And here's a funny part. Here's a, here's, a little, here's a little story. So, you saw Titanic. Yep. I saw it many times. Now, do you remember the couple that laid in bed as the sick ship was going down? Yep. And they embraced each other? Mm-hmm. Well, those people were portraying the owners of the Macy's stores. Oh, really? So, the owners of the Macy's store, their great, great, possibly another great granddaughter is the wife of Stockton Rush. Jesus. Man. Talk about a generational curse, like a century later. Full, full circle. A full sad circle. Like one of your ancestors died in the actual Titanic. Then you just wanted to go say hi to them. Damn. I mean, technically the bodies aren't there. Oh yeah, because with the implosion. No, actually, over time. Over time, the fish ate the bodies oh, yeah. of people that they couldn't recover. Yeah. You know, the people that they did, I'm not like a Titanic freaking geek. Um, like, yeah, the, the the people that they couldn't recover, you know, eventually sank. Fish, over time, ate the bodies. Yeah. The ones that they were able to recover are buried in a cemetery in, uh, in Halifax? Uh, Nova Scotia? Yeah, okay. Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, a Another thing, too, like they just became fish food. Yeah, what? like it crushed. But that, but I will say this: best way to die. Why is that? Well, because here's the thing, too. Your brain, it takes like four milliseconds to process pain. Mm. The implosion happened in two. Mm, that's- so, blink, you're gone. Yeah. That's exactly how it went. Like, yeah, yeah, because they were they were they were so deep. It's, it was so deep. It just and then it was like, it was like a pressure cooker as well. So they literally just literally became mush. It was like crushing a tuna can with a hydraulic pump. Mm. Yeah, they're they're fish food. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what happens. It's like it's like when um. When biology becomes physics, yeah. yeah. But 
Yeah, I, w- I will say like um, the only the only like the only thing about the saving grace, if if you want to call it that, is that a billionaire, an arrogant billionaire, arrogant, you know, got what was coming to him. Yeah. When people told him, "Yo, listen, don't fuck around because you'll find yeah. out." Yeah. And to think that whole trip for each of each passenger was two hundred and fifty thousand, a quarter mil. Yeah, for the same amount of money, you could have gone to see it safely. Yeah, I would love to go. I ain't got two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Shoot, if I had two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I wouldn't even think about going anywhere near that that wreckage. Yeah, I'll just be like, well, I'll just sit down and watch Titanic again, and just pay debts, bills, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Upgrade my DJ equipment. Yep. Kind of it. There you go. Yeah. But damn, man. Listen, man, like, you know, hubris, ego. Yeah, it can get, it can literally get the best of you. Yeah. So, uh. I mean, safety regulations exist for a reason, people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, another thing I've been up to first of all culture fest who was one of our sponsors was a big success nice until i got rained on (laughs) on sunday i was like in the middle of the set and then yeah it was a torrential downpour yeah yeah but it was still a fun it was culture fest was still a fun time i still deem it a success um but yeah big shout outs to kobe kobe dennis and the entire kfm team for just put together such an amazing event um, and giving a brother like me an opportunity as well. And uh, actually that night, I, be- I believe it was that night. As John Noons mentioned in the comments, look, Jazzy, Daddy's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Yes, I was on the episode of uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures on A&E where they highlighted my panel with uh, Lita and Trish Stratus. And that was like, wow, I didn't even... I thought it was going to be rivals because they talked about their rivalry. Yeah. That wasn't it. And it was just like, well, A&E has another show. I didn't even think that it would be Most Wanted Treasures. But yeah, that was it. And I was just like, like I remember just... Actually, here's how I found out about it. So, my little cousin David, big shout out to him. He was like, Carl, I saw... He was at Culture Fest. He goes, Carl, I saw you on TV. You did? I remember being on TV. You was there with Trish Stratus. And I'm like, the panel's gonna be on TV. That's what it was for. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna keep a lookout for it. So, yeah, and then we watched it. Me, listen to baby. We we had to get baby don't fell asleep. Once, once he shot, once like I saw myself on TV, listen screams, wakes up the baby. <laughs> And I'm just sitting there like, I'm on WWE TV. Like, not even as a fan. I saw myself as a fan in in the audience, but... No, I'm like, there. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, I could... I just could not believe it. 
Damn, I was on WWE TV. I'm still kind of like, I need to show more people this episode because <laughs> we have it on Sling, so we can like it has a uh, it was on demand. It's on demand now. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch it, it's the episode of Trish Stratus and the Lundra Blaze. Okay. Who would not she would not sell that WWF Women's Title back? Because mm-hmm. she initially wanted to give it back mm-hmm. when she got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So Vince said, No, no, you keep it. So they tried to buy it back. Mm-hmm. She wanted a hundred thousand dollars for it. Like did you try to buy it back? Yeah. Uh-huh. Even like just a fair trade off or something. Mm-hmm. She wanted a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a piece of history. It is. I just don't think it was worth that much. But okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did they did they offer to buy the wastebasket that it was thrown in? <laughs> I don't even think that was bad. You can just buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> and just say that's it. Yeah. I and obviously I don't even think that was that waste basket was even a WCW property. Because <laughs> they bought all the hard ass. They really when WWE when WCW went under, WWE only bought the hard assets. Oh yeah, like the, the ring and the sets. Rings, sets, libraries. Mm-hmm. That's really what they wanted. He was like, "Oh, we'll take a couple look. At, we'll take a look at you know some of the contracts and stuff. Those really good contracts, like Sting, Hall, Nash, yeah. Hogan, and all that. Ric Flair. They wanted time Warner contracts. Yeah, yeah. So they were waiting for those to expire. Yeah. And here's the fun part. Funny, interesting. WCW technically didn't go out of business until like two, like 2016." Really? That long? Yes. Huh. So it's been 15 years after their... 2017, actually. Okay, like 16 years after their demise. Yeah, because, like, it... Hold on. Those, uh... It, it went under another name. UWC, uh... Universal Wrestling Corporation mm-hmm. that had, like, the legal obligations and liabilities that were not acquired by W by WWF. Mm-hmm. So they went uh, they went under in 2017. Oh, okay. So those like I get yeah, just a lot of like legal stuff. Mm-hmm. WWE was not going to deal with it. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me see. Anything else has been going on? You know, a whole bunch of gigs and stuff. You know, DJing a couple of weddings. Yeah, it's wedding season. Indeed it is. Yeah. yeah wedding season, wedding bells are in the air. They sure are. Yeah, Those are cool. And there were some pretty cool weddings, huh? Some LGBTQ weddings. Nice. They know how to party. Oh, yeah, they do. They know how to party. It was one where it's like... DJs turn two DJ. She told me like two DJs turned them down, turned them down, because they were lesbian weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Like you ever, you ever been to a gay club? Like they they know how to party. Yeah, they can party. I love gay people. Gay people are just hilarious to me. <laughs> I don't like the stuck up ones. Mm-hmm. You know who just think that shit don't stink? Like no, f y'all. But. <laughs> 
the funny and flamboyant ones, y'all listen. We will have jokes for days. I mean, I would say like 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 what's cool about a gay club is that everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to have a good time. And they do. Whereas if you go to a regular straight club, you got people playing the wall, mean mugging, acting like, you know, they're the shit. Like, you know, it's an honor for you to be up in their presence. It's like, dude. Who are you? Yeah, you, you could just mean mug at home while listening to Apple Music for free. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? I don't know what that is, but you can just kind of delete that one. Yeah, looks like it might be a little, I don't know if it's a spam comment or what, but... Uh, yeah, we just going to hide you. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, yeah we know how hiding works. It's fine. Yeah. Alright. Um also uh Juneteenth was fire. Mm. Yes. Juneteenth was fire. Also went to the Cape Verdean Festival for a little bit. Got me some Kachupa. Oh god, it was so good. Yes. Yup. That that uh, yeah. serves it justice. It does. Like, I haven't had Kachupa in many years, but I remember it being very delectable. It is. It was. Which makes it to, like, as we were going through, you know, me, me and my girl had a conversation. And he's like, Last year was the sun. It was a year ago that it was the sunset party. If you remember that one, when I DJ for DJ Lefty at 148. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That was a party. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was there for, like, for, for the early year. My set. Yeah, thank you. Set. Yeah. And thank you for that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I want to say that's just been it. I'm pretty sure, like, something will come up as Vic is changing the camera. I'm probably just going to sit here watch how the camera looks because I don't know sometimes that's just funny it makes me look like makes it look like very uh, Blair Witchish. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life Blair Witch Project? yes I, I will say like Blair Witch Project like for 98 no, no 99 like when everybody thought it was real and it, it, the marketing was... The marketing was genius. It, 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 it legit was genius. Yeah, that, that was definitely, like, in terms of, like, film history, like, I would put that as, like, the, the, one of the greatest examples of of movie marketing there ever was. Yeah, because um, I thought it was... It took place in Blair, Maryland. Okay, yeah. I, I remember, like, when I first learned about it, seeing, like, the promotion and everything, like, I... that there was an inflatable like chair and I just threw it at my friend just so we could have some type of entertainment. <laughs> I mean I, I will say like Blair Witch like as a horror movie it it is pretty dull. Um, Stop being nice. Th- there are there are a couple of like genuinely like unsettling moments. I'll say that the ending was pretty scary. 
like the way it was pulled off. What you just saw a body and then the, the camera? Yeah, you saw like the guy. He was standing in the corner, and then all of a sudden the person on the camera gets knocked over, and then like the camera tips over, but you never see the witch. Just like like what you don't see is terrifying. I th- I thought that I thought that was effective. No. Yeah. And then the whole you know we're gonna die out here scene with the close up and the snot coming out. That the snot was a scary movie, but I get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get the two mixed up, but uh, because <laughs> they kind of nailed that. They did, they did. I mean, yeah, I, I will say like Blair Witch. It's kind of, a, kind of a dull movie, but great example of excellent marketing, especially like the pre-social media days. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was if it was on social media, I don't know how effective it wouldn't it have be. worked. It yeah. wouldn't have worked because somebody would have like somebody would have investigated it. Oh yeah, some TikTok where I'd be like, yeah, they, they, they're just actors, it's not real. It's like, well, thanks for ruining our movie. They did it their damn selves. God, that movie was so bad. <laughs> the, that and The Cell with Jennifer Lopez, probably the two worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, The, the, cell, that, the cell was legit boring. I, not, not, not even the visuals could save, could save it. Like, I barely, I don't even know if I even finished it. Like, I sound. Yeah. I remember, like, halfway through, I, I decided, like, all right, I'm nodding off. Let me just take a quick cat nap. Then I woke up, like, a, an hour later. It was still on pause, and I'm like, let me do something else. Yeah, it just went <laughs> It's. First of all, did the actors from the Blair Witch Project actually get any work since then? I'm sure they did. Like, maybe, like, small roles, or maybe, like, something on stage, perhaps. But, um,. I don't know if they made um they made like a Blair Witch sequel, which had nothing to do with the first movie. No. It was like shot like a traditional movie. That was also trash. Um, and there was also, and there was also a video game too that came out in twenty fourteen. Um, which I heard had mixed reviews at best. Okay, yeah, there's the marketing, but they don't even have the cast on. But, uh, yeah, they don't even have the cast on their Wikipedia page. There was a TV show? There was? In October, in October 2017, co-director Eduardo Sanchez revealed that he and the rest of the film's creative team were developing a Blair Witch TV series, though he clarified that any decisions would, ultima- would ultimately be up to Lionsgate, which now owns the rights to it. The series was later announced to be released on the studio's new subsidiary, Studio L, which specializes digital releases. But uh, you know, speaking of speaking of uh, watchable movies, um, I did watch a few uh, in over the last few weeks, including this past weekend. So you know, we got some time to to review some movies. Go ahead. Um, so one movie I did manage to watch was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Hey, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, uh, this movie, um, it's the fifth and final film in the Indiana Jones saga starring Harrison Ford, uh, in all of his 81-year-old glory, uh, also starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Antonio Banderas in a cameo, John Rhys-Davis, Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Seanette Renee Wilson, um... Yeah, it's it's got a, it's got a pretty solid cast. It's directed by James Mangold, who uh, 
who did Logan? Who also did Logan um, and Ford versus Ferrari as well. Uh, he's taking. He's the uh, first director to take the reins from the from the Indiana Jones franchise. Steven Spielberg having directed the previous four. Uh, this film, um, it's uh, this, so this film. It takes place in 1969, so about about uh, good like 15 years or so after the events of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, uh, which yeah, that that movie. I don't know. It it it, it, it the, as the years go on, time wasn't really kind to that movie. So this movie is I, I can say is a better. It's a better conclusion. Uh, uh, and and sequel than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was. Uh, in this film, Harrison Ford he reprises his role as the you know the titular uh, archaeologist uh, who um, who's who's uh, who goes on an adventure with his uh, god goddaughter played by Phoebe Waller Bridge. She plays um, oops. she plays uh, Helena Shaw. I got it right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, she plays Helena Shaw, who's Henry Jones, who's Indy's goddaughter, and she's also looking for uh, the Dial of Destiny, which is um, which is a, a which is an artifact uh, created by Archimedes, um, uh, which is like a, 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 a intricate mechanism, um, the likes of which the intricacies of which has haven't been found in like a thousand years since its uh, since its creation. And so, uh, as they're attempting to find it, they're being pursued by Mads Mikkelsen's uh, Jürgen Waller, uh, who's a German scientist and astrophysicist, and uh, he's also assisted by Boyd Holbrook, who once again, like, like in Logan, plays a trigger-happy henchman uh, with, a, with a penchant for violence. Um, the film itself, it's a, it's a, it's a solid, it's a solid, uh, it's a solid, it's a solid con conclusion and continuation uh, of the film. Of the Indiana Jones series, um, I will say like the the perhaps like one of the perhaps the most memorable set piece in the film is the first 30, 20 to thirty minutes where where you see a de-aged Harrison Ford uh, playing a, a once again a, a younger Indiana Jones, and I gotta say like the de-aging for for that for that segment was spot on. <laughs> it was spot on. Disney knows how to do it. They do. They do. <laughs> you gotta give it to them. They do. Like, like as I was staring, I'm like, man, this is like really convincing. Like the texture work, like everything is rock on. Although, although, like there are some parts you can kind of tell it's like uncanny valley. Like there are some parts where like his face doesn't really move that much. Um, but, but also you can tell also that there, that the, I think there was like a younger actor who did all the the body, the, uh, the physical acting. Yeah. And he just they just placed the Harrison Ford Harrison Ford's face because he can't move as well, you know, as he used to be being older. Yeah. But um but I thought I thought that the I thought the first 20, 30 minutes was really well done. I thought that could have been like a short movie in and of itself if they if they did that. Um the the set, the rest of the set pieces, uh, while fine, like I don't think they're as memorable as as like the original trilogy, the first three films. But it was entertaining enough, especially like if you're a fan of indie and if if you were kind of disappointed by the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, this one kind of turns things around. I think I thought James Mangold did an excellent job of capturing that spirit and that directorial style that Spielberg uh, laid the foundation of uh, in uh, uh, forty years plus since the film since the first film came out. Um, it was it's great hearing John Williams uh, his coming returning to do a score the score for the film. Isn't he like ninety? 
he's, he's like 90, up there. Yeah, he's 91. 91. I mean, he's still still putting out hits. Um, still one of our, our world's greatest composers. Um, let's see. I, I will I will say that the 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 film the film itself it's it is worth watching. Uh, interestingly, uh, and also I will say this is probably like more going beyond the film. The film the film was way too expensive. It was made for three hundred million dollars, and so far its box office is two hundred fifty six million. So it's struggling to make back its money. So uh, this is I think this is like the latest example of. I think audiences are getting a little tired of like the big franchise pieces, and they want something maybe a bit more, uh, maybe a, a, a bit smaller scale, but also um, also a bit more saying something beyond just franchise fare. You know what it is too is just like people aren't rushing to go to the th- to the theaters anymore for certain movies. That is true. Because like you, if you don't do it's like if you don't do it first week, you're probably never gonna watch it. Yeah. And there's other movies who are struggling like that. Yeah. Flash, definitely. Yeah, I know Flash tanked like by 70% in the second week. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think like Steven Spielberg, he actually uh, had a, uh, I think he had like an, an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, I think like that came out today, and he said that like, uh, there's going to be, we're starting to see like the beginnings of perhaps an implosion of the big Hollywood blockbuster now. Because when you have, when you have streaming, yeah, and then people have, are okay with just waiting. Yeah, even even for even with like the big hundred millions of dollars of uh, uh, films that come out in theaters, yeah, people are saying, like, "Well, I'd rather just wait for streaming." Also, too, like what's making what's making things implode is that, um, like, the DVD market isn't what it used to be. Because no, now because with streaming before, like when a, when a film was struggling in the theaters. Studios can make that money back through, through DVD and Blu-ray sales. Now that's not really viable anymore because of streaming. And and even even with streaming, there's a lot of people like naming writers who aren't getting their fair cut. So now it's a case where 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 studios are maybe are maybe gonna are, are about to face a crisis where if you have nothing almost nothing but blockbusters, what about like the mid-budget or smaller-scale films that people do want to go out to see? You know they're going to be relegated to like the Netflixes and streaming services, but they might get lost in the shuffle because those streaming streaming platforms don't advertise with small movies. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I feel like the movie industry itself just needs to like do a whole like I don't want to say revamp. I don't think that's necessarily the word, mm-hmm. but just really take a good look of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and just try to figure out, I'm like, alright, how can we fix this? Mm-hmm. How can we fix the issues that are going on right now within our industry? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and not just the writer strike too, but also thinking about how um, like maybe, maybe 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 there can be like a different approach to theatrical releases. Yeah. Like for example, Spielberg Spielberg mentioned uh, in the Hollywood Reporter that one idea could be for those like huge huge mega blockbuster movies. Like maybe there could be like a tiered system where like the most expensive movies can get can command like the highest high, higher ticket prices, 
you know, like the mid-budget movies and your small-budget movies could have much smaller ticket prices and premiums. So that way, so that way you're not spending like, like literally twenty bucks on a movie ticket to see like a, a small independent drama, as as good as it may be. But maybe that that independent drama could be like ten bucks, seven bucks, and it can make so that we can get more people in the theater, and that movie can make its money back. Yeah. And then people can, you know, give more money to like the bigger budget films, and they can make the money back too. So, so yeah, there's just some. So uh, this, there needs to be some changes uh, in, the, in the weeks ahead, especially with this writer strike going on. For, like, yeah, no. two months at this point. It's still, yeah, but some movies are still. There, it's glad there's some movies that aren't being affected by it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, we just saw uh, some shots of Deadpool three, oh, of yeah. Deadpool and um, Wolverine in the costume. Yeah, the yellow, not Spanish, but just the yellow uh, bodysuit. Yeah, yellow and blue. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, the 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 nerds are uh, working themselves into a lather. They're they're praising their nerd nerd gods. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ike King Suspeta uh, says yes. That's why the uh, uh, writers uh, Screen Actors Guild rather and the Writers Guild uh, is on strike. SAG's about to join them too if the contracts don't get renewed. Uh, since the end of April in Hollywood. Yep. Since the since the beginning of May actually. Yeah. Yeah, they've been on strike, and I know that, um, I know one thing too, like, uh, since Deadpool is filming, um, I, th- I think I heard, I think I read somewhere that Ryan Reynolds, unlike the first two films, he can't really improv in Deadpool 3, because that would be considered writing, writing the content. So, he has, he'll have to stick to the script, yeah. as written, so, who knows? Yeah. Hopefully he's, hopefully he's involved in the script writing. Because don't nobody know that character, how to portray that character like mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He was kind of made for that. He was. I read a De- if I read a Deadpool comic, I'm re- I'm he. You know how sometimes when you read, even to yourself, you hear like a voice, like especially with a comic book. Oh yeah. yeah. I I he when I read Deadpool, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds pops up. Oh yeah. When I read Black Panther, mm-hmm. I hear Chadwick. Yeah. Or any like any other character. But yeah, um, but yeah. Overall, uh, yeah. I know that was a bit of a bit of a tangent, but overall, I'll say like with Dial of Destiny, um, go go see it. Go see it if you're a fan of the Indiana Jones films. Um, the ending kind of hit me a little a little emotional. Just like, ah, there you I, go. I, I didn't cry, but you didn't. Okay. I was just like, I felt it. I was like, that's a good way of wrapping things up. So, I hope that you know, you know salute to Harrison Ford. You know, one of our great actors. But please... Yeah, he's killing off his characters. Yeah, please don't make another indie movie. Yeah. Even he's, if you live another 10, 15 years. He, he's killing off his characters. Oh. Like, if he killed... He, he, he killed off Indian... Well, he didn't kill them off. No. He had to send off Indiana Jones. Yeah. He killed off... Uh, Han Solo. Thank you. Yeah. I, was, I don't know why I'm having a brain fart for his name, but it's like, yeah, he killed off Han Solo. It's like, all right, he's kind of doing... Sylvester Stallone is, too. Yeah, he, I saw that he's making an Expendables four. That yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt that the first movie said everything that it needed to be said, but I guess like two was cool. Three was like, all right, this is what it is. Mm. But it's like, yo, know, people people love old men doing their action thing. You know what it is? It, ca- it carries around. It carries nostalgia. Yeah. 
because you had all those big name action stars mm-hmm. from yesteryear yeah. to up until present, and that's what and that's what the third one did. It kind of just connected the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, all right, now I think with part four, they're just setting up for the future. Okay, now there's Fifty Cent in, in part four. He's got the muscle for it. Yeah, I mean Fifty Cent is the future, I guess. He's on his he's on his last he's doing his final tour right now. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, well, good for him. That's what's up. Um, yeah, Richard Guy Drive was twenty years ago in February. <sighs> yeah, I, I said it. I said it. I yo two, since we're in two thousand three, uh, twenty twenty three. Yeah, this marks the twenty year anniversary of a lot of a lot of things like Get Richard Die Trying, yeah. Lost in Translation, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Oh, man. I remember cops being in line. <laughs> Forgive Richard I trying. Oh, yeah. And I was when I was living in Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, th- that was the album of 03. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think that was, like, still his best album. I mean, yeah. 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 I'm not even... I'm not even going to debate that. Years. What is time, man? What is time? Here's the thing: I graduated in 2022, 2002. Mm-hmm. Twenty years later, pushing forty, still feel like a kid. <laughs> still feel like a kid. Yeah, you know, you know what they say: like age is age is how you feel. You know, it, you know, age age is all about how you feel. I have a daughter. I still feel like a kid. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what's up, man. Uh, did, did you watch the Flash movie? I did not. Yeah, same here. Yeah, we we, we, didn't, I, watch, yeah. we didn't watch Flash. Uh, I hear I've heard mixed reviews uh, on it. Yeah, um, it's uh, if it hits if it hits max, I'll probably still won't watch it. So there it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, even even with Michael Keaton's presence, it's like you know you're, you're not gonna bait the forty year old nurse to come see your movie. It's just not happening. Um, but yeah, speaking of movies, uh, one movie I do recommend on Netflix. It's it's an animated film. It's called Nimona, and uh, this one stars Riz Ahmed and Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, it, it came out on Netflix, uh, I think, a week or two ago, and it's a really good movie. It is a really solid film. It's uh, actually produced by Annapurna Pictures. This movie was initially going to be uh, distributed by Disney. But they, but they balked. They, they were pushing. They, were, they weren't comfortable with the uh, overt LGBTQ themes of the movie. So I guess like because they were thinking, oh well, you know, we want to market this for other countries. So you know, whatever. But had this have had this remained a Disney property, and if it remained as is, this would have been one of Disney's most daring and best films of the last decade. Mm. But you love you some Disney movies. Yeah. Like Disney animated. Yeah, Disney Pixar. You know, when they get it right, they get it right. I know Pixar has been kind of in a slump as of late. I know they've had their hits and misses. Like, I like Soul, but um, I still haven't seen Toy Story 4 because part three was such an excellent conclusion. I don't, I don't, I don't see the benefit of watching anything beyond that. Uh, and I hear Elemental is kind of a mixed bag. But Nimona, man, that, that is a great animated film. Uh, has I, I love the setting. I love the vibe. It's future, futuristic medieval fantasy setting um 
I love the voice acting of, of Riz Ahmed, who plays the protagonist, along with Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, who, who kind of plays um, the, a so, sort of like a misunderstood villain. Uh, Francis Convoy, Eugene, Eugene Li Yang, Lorraine Toussaint. Uh, even even I love some of the cast. Some of the cast makes brief appearances. RuPaul's in it for a brief spell. India Moore from Pose. Yeah, it, it's 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 a solid film. It's a solid uh, action adventure film with with strong characters at its core, um, and, and also strong themes of um, you know getting getting to like the inner complexities of of characters who on the surface may seem villainous or may seem otherwise um, uh, devoid of virtue, but there's much more going on underneath the surface than meets the eye, you know, and, I, and I love the film's uh, approach and execution of, of these characters and how it explores its themes. And yeah, man, I gotta say, Netflix and Apprentice Pictures take a bow. I will say that this is my this is this is my second favorite animated film beyond behind uh, Across the Spider Verse. So of this year, of this year, oh. yeah. So I'll say, check out Nimona. It's on Netflix, um, Disney. Y'all could have had y'all could have had a really solid hit, but you know, if if, if y'all weren't so obsessed with the bottom line and kowtowing to non-LGBTQ friendly audiences, you would have had something special. But as it stands, Netflix got the ball. They ran with it, and it's great. So check it out, Nimona. It's on Netflix. Back then, from uh, Saturday Night Live, isn't it? Yep. yep. Please, Sir Darius Sherbly. Yes. Yep. He's in that film. Um, but I will say uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, and actually let me check to see if it's still playing in theaters. Um, let me see. Just a, just a second, people. I um, a, there's actually is it? an A twenty four movie I do want to ask you about. Yes, and I think it's I think it's the movie that I'm about to review. That I don't know. It's not up. It's not out yet. Okay. But I was wondering if you were if you heard about it. Oh, talk to me. Yeah. I, I've seen the trailer. I didn't see the trailer, but somebody I came across on I came across it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I'll definitely see that movie when it comes out when it drops. Um, but the movie that uh, that I've been thinking about since watching it uh, two, almost two weeks ago, well, a little over two weeks ago at this point, it's a movie that uh, is. Uh, it's a new feature by A24, one of their non-horror movies. It's an independent drama that's directed by Celine Song. It's called Past Lives. And it stars Greta Lee, uh, Teo Yu, and John Magaro. And this is like a romantic drama. And it's an immigrant story. And it's a film that has been on my mind since I've watched it. And it's about these two childhood friends um, Greta Lee plays this uh, young, young woman named Nora, and Teo Hugh plays Hai Sung, uh, who's, uh, who's her kind of like childhood sweetheart. And so the film takes place across a span of 24 years. So you see the time when they were 12 years old, you see glimpses of their lives when they were 24, and then you see their current present day lives when they're in their mid 30s. And the film fo- follows both Nora and Hai Sung, and and the film is where they, they, they had kind of like a connection when they were kids, but Nora and her family, they move uh, uh, from South Korea to Canada, and then later she moves to New York, where she becomes this uh, playwright. And uh, Teo, and, and, um, 
Tao Yu's character Hai Sung, he, he, remains in, he, he remains in South Korea and he grows up, he, he lives a rather ordinary life, but uh, when they become adults in their, in their early 20s, they reconnect on Skype, and first they connect on Facebook and then they connect on Skype, and, they, and then when they start uh, reconnecting and start uh, uh, talking again, um, they start to contemplate their relationship and they start thinking about what their lives could have been, perhaps had they stayed together, uh, maybe the possibilities that, that weren't explored because they because of you know because of the fact that they separated from uh, at such a young age, and the film and the and the film is just so beautifully written uh, and directed by Celine Song. This is her directorial debut. Um, what I loved about it is that the film it's it's directed and written with such such emotional intelligence. You have these two characters with great performances by both Greta Lee and, um, and Tao Yu. And as they, as they start to get to know each other, as they start to reconnect, um, you, you, you get, you get, part of you gets a sense of, like, okay, will they or won't they you know, uh, rekindle perhaps what was lost or explore you know, the romantic possibilities of their friendship, of, of what their friendship was? Um, what happens? What happens where uh, Nora? You know, she's married. She's already married to this guy Arthur, her fellow writer, played by John Magaro. Um, is is uh, is she going to leave him for for her childhood sweetheart? And the film explores all these questions, and it explores it in such a way that it avoids cliche. It, it doesn't. Um, it, I would say a, a lesser writer or a less confident writer. Would have written this as a as a straight up melodrama where you had like okay you have like um, the the love that would never die the love that can never die um, by the way sidebar there's a lot of dry air in this room therefore my eyes are a little my eyes are a little my my left eye is a little dry so right now I'm kind of tearing up gotcha not because of the movie <laughs> although although the movie uh, you did the movie I felt it at the end I was mm-hmm. I was fighting it back tears I fought them back. But I felt it at the end. But, but like I said, like a, a less confident movie, a version of this movie would have had a, a, a straight melodrama where, where Nora's husband would have been the evil American, the, and and the, and then Hai Sung would have been like the virtuous Korean boyfriend who comes back to, to rescue his love from a loveless marriage. So basically, this. an Asian Tyler Perry movie. Basically, yeah, it would have been okay. a straight Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> but this movie avoids all those cliches. It's it's presented in a very realistic. Very uh, engrossing, a very intelligent manner. Um, I also love the filmmaking of this. The cinematography was like very simple but very beautiful in its own right. Like like in every scene where where uh, the main characters are walking uh, around New York, you you see like couples in the background being affectionate towards each other or, or making out. And you kind of and and those couples kind of like uh, personify like the underlying romantic possibilities that these two characters you know feel like they that they should explore but know that they that they shouldn't they shouldn't cross that line and, and you don't get the sense that they will cross that line uh, but it's it's something that that really stays with you and I will say also uh, John Magaro uh, his his character was um, also played with such uh, with such grace and such intelligence that kind of avoids the cliche of being like the mean boyfriend. Like, there's a lot of nuance to him too, a lot of complexity as well. Um, it's like you kind of understand. Yeah, you yeah. understand the character. 
Yeah, like you understand his perspective. Like you see that he clearly you know, he loves his wife. His wife loves him, but he also sees how much uh, her relationship or her friendship with uh, Hai Sung means to her, and he wants to give her the space to kind of explore that. But at the same time, you kind of tell like at some level, like he's wondering, what if? Yeah. But um, but yeah, overall, yeah, past lives. It's it's an incredible film for me and. Uh, the more I think about it, I gotta say, man, this is my number one film of the year so far. Damn. Uh, Across the Spider Verse is number two right now. Who who knows who knows where where both films will end up by the end of the year? But man, I gotta say, this is uh, another win, another solid win from A twenty four. I will definitely revisit this film once it hits Blu ray or four K. But man, Past Lives, if you have a chance to see it, if it's still playing in theaters. Go see it. Um, if it's available to rent or stream online, go see it. it. It's an incredible film. You know, it's 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 such great writing, great subtle acting. You know, if if, if you're if you want something that's a, a bit more real, you know, a, a bit more nuanced, you know, not just something that something that you know, not just right, like movie, here we go. not just movie number. Forty-eight in the assembly line of movies that set up a big multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Where you know, no, it's not. It's leading somewhere. You're just being an you're just being impatient. You're not getting what you want in it. If 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 you want something that's beyond the red brand, you know, let me play. Let me play. uh, Let me play like True Colors for you. Then 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 take take the time to watch Past Lives. Okay. Past Lives, it's it's an, it's it's a it's a wonderful film. It's my favorite film of 2023 so far. We'll see how we'll see where time where time takes us at the end of the year. So there it is. There's a poster for Past Lives. Oh, geez, I had it up right here. Yep. Well, that's fine. Yep. But like usually when you do, usually when you review a movie, I kind of look at it and just see if I knew like any of the cast members from like any other movies or TV shows that I've seen. Yeah. Um, speaking of what. A uh, movie trailer came out the other day. Oh, what's that? Bob Marley's One Love. Oh, really? Okay. That's with uh, Kingsley Benadir, right? Yes. Mm. And uh, LaShawn, I believe it's LaShawn Lynch. Uh, Bob Marley's One Love. Yep, here we go. Bob Marley's One Love. Yeah, LaShawn Lynch plays uh, Rita Marley. Mm -hmm. Uh, James Norton plays Chris Blackwell, then there's Michael Gandolfini, Nadine Marshall, and uh, Anthony Welsh mm-hmm. are in Unschool's Rules, but um, I watched this. St- I watched it. I watched the trailer, mm-hmm. and I'm interested. Okay. I mean, I'm sure Kingsley Benadier, who's kind of killing it right now. He, I'm sure he'll knock it off the park, but I'm just like, he doesn't look like him. So it kind of strays me away. Okay. Yeah, you know, he, uh, I, I will say, like, um, it's great when when you have an actor that, that may not look exactly like the, the real person, but they capture the essence. And I believe that's what I think he's going to do, because I, uh, he was, like, chosen by the, like... Oh, by the Marley family? Yeah. He was chosen by them. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. As many as kids he had. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it was prolific. Uh, you know what? That's a that's a good that's a good <laughs> term for that. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, who's directing that film? It is uh, uh, Reynaldo Marcus Green. Sounds familiar. I, I think I've, I've seen that name of, his name before. What else has he done? Monsters and Men, Joe Bell, King Richard. Oh, yeah, yeah, King Richard, yeah. With uh, Oscar winning slap artist Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and TV shows, oh, We Own the City and Top Boy. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, speaking of, I'll definitely check that out. And uh, speaking of movie trailers, I did see uh, uh, one for Ridley Scott's and Joaquin Phoenix's movie coming out. Napoleon? I saw the pill. I saw the poster, yeah. but I didn't see. I didn't see the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. No, walking Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte. That's, I, I, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, my, hey, he's having a. He's killing it this year. I mean, with uh, Bo is afraid, which you should still see when it comes out. Oh boy. I don't like your. When you give me that smile, I'm just like no. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me he's not killing it right now. L A night. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you. Shoes of a champion. <laughs> Have you seen that promo of this? Shoes of a champion. Yeah. Yeah. This these shoes right here, shoes of a champion. This jacket right here, shoes yeah, of a champion. champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um, yeah, Napoleon, uh, that movie does look interesting. Um, Ridley Scott's directing it, so I know. He, he's a master of epics. And he's, and he's also doing Gladiator 2, which is supposed to come out next year. Mm. Which, I know, it's a... Uh, Gladiator 2, I'm kind of like, why make a sequel to such a great film? Um, but... Um, the name see. sells? The name sells, and he is directing it again, but the film also is, will star uh, Paul Mescal, Denzel Washington, who's going to be in it. Jaiman Hansu and Connie Nielsen, Derek Jacoby, they're going to reprise their roles. So I think uh, Paul Mescal is going to play uh, Lucius, who's the son of uh, um, Connie Nielsen's character. Um, what was her name? Lu Lucilla. Yeah. So I think she, he was, uh, so Paul Mescal is Lucius, who's, who's Commodus' nephew. Oh, Pedro Pascal is going to be in it. Oh, there you go. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm expecting good things, although I will say... Uh, I, I would have loved to have seen Gladiator 2's Christ Killer version by Nick Cave, okay. where where Maximus is resurrected by the Roman gods and he has to fight Jesus and his disciples because of because because of the because like all the beliefs because all the world is believing in Christ and then that's taking away the power of like the Roman gods and the pagan gods. So like Maximus has to fight Jesus and then Jesus could be played by Samuel L. Jackson. You know that should that should have been great, man. I will say this though: if Denzel Washington's gonna be in it, you already know one word that it's going to be in that movie. What? Is that? Guaranteed. Guaranteed and undated. <laughs> no. Well, one thing that Denzel Washington does in every movie, he'll mm -hmm. guarantee it. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. And then if there's a cup on the table, he will smack it off that table. <laughs> and yeah, and the the Denzel point. The point. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can find that TikTok. It's just every pretty, it's pretty much like every guarantee. Oh yeah. That Denzel does. Yeah, Denzel Washington and Gladiator too. I guarantee you that the Roman Empire ain't got shit on me. 
That's, that, was, that was my core Denzel impression, but. <laughs> but uh, Denzel. Oh, Speaking of Denzel, you know, I know he's coming out with Equalizer 3. Yeah. I haven't seen any of I guarantee you. It's much more I guarantee you. It's much more Man on fire. Preach his wife, I know. guarantee. Yeah. I love it. That's a stamp of approval for any film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if he drops that line in Gladiator 2, it smacks a cup off a chalice off a table. That's all yeah. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. Ah, I can just walk out in the movie theater right there. Yeah. He'll probably win his third Oscar for just for that. Yeah. As well he should. I did see a movie yesterday. I think my I had to take a client out to uh, another. I had to take my client out to a movie, yep. and it was either Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. which was good. I'm sure it was. Yep. Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Yeah. He picked Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Oh, okay. It's a DreamWorks movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it cast, you know, Lena Condor who played uh, Jubilee in the X-Men films. Okay. Yep. Uh, Tony Collette, Andy Murphy, Carl- Carmen Domingo, Jane Fonda, Sam Richardson, Will Forte, Jabuki Young-White, Liza Koshy, and a host of others. Hmm. Um, it wasn't what I thought it was. It was, it was a, that movie was for little girls. Not what he was on. He even walked out like, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. What you think it was going to be, but... I mean, it's... Yeah, from, from the trailers, I think... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so, he... I guess he knew nothing about it, so I was, you know, I was stuck watching it. I'm like, it's adorable. Yeah. Like, you if, know. like one of those movies, like, if you have a... If you have, like, a, a young daughter, you yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, but mine's ain't quite there yet. Even though she'll probably sleep through it, she'll sleep through it. Mm. <laughs> In a movie theater. Yeah. I have the perfect baby. I mean, you say that now, but there might come a Listen, time. Listen, we, we hung out at a friend's house. And this friend of mine lives, like, across the street from the hospital. Mm. There was low-flying helicopters mm. making a whole ton of noise. Mm. Nothing. Unfazed. Just unbothered. Unbothered. <laughs> she sleeps through my DJing. Wow. If I need to make a mix and I'm at home and she's napping, I can make a mix and she will not wake up. Mm. Like she'll sleep through it. Nice. That's what's up. You lucked out. I did. I did because I get cussed out every time. I was like, yo, how them sleepless nights? But, uh, we feed her at 12, she's up by 6. Although 
I will say in the comments, uh, Inca King says, you're saying that too soon, Carl Bird. I'm enjoying it. Leave me alone. It's coming. The doom is coming. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy it while you can. Enjoy the peace for the storm. So when the storm hits. We will have a well-disciplined machine. <laughs> Racing soldier, goddammit. <laughs> Spoiled little soldier. No limit soldiers. I thought I told you. I don't know why I thought I Because I said soldier? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Remember they had wrestlers? Oh my god. <laughs> Remember Master P, No Limit, in WCW? What was the name of that big wrestler? Swole, right? I want to say that. Big No, it wasn't Big Swole. His name was Swole. I know that. There was like a muscular dude who wrestled for WCW. He was part of No Limit Soldiers. I think his name was Swole. Swole, yeah. Yeah. His name was Randy Thornton. Hmm. Who played football for the uh, University of Houston? Played a season for the Sacramento Gold Miners and the CFL. Yep. Trained under Brad Reagan, so. Oh. Yeah, man. That was a weird time in WCW. Like, like the E had Master P's Nola and the Soldiers, and they had. Kurt Henning had some group called the West Texas Rednecks. Yeah, because rap is crap. <laughs> oh man. Yep, the No Limit Soldiers consisted of consisted of Master P. Yep. B A, who was Brad Armstrong. Ah uh, yes. Chase, who was Chase Tatum. Oh, he's dead too. Oh, Um, and he was in the movie Who's Your Caddy. Uh. Conan, Rey Mysterio, Swole, and 4x4 was Theodore Reed. Hmm. Okay. You know, you know Master P's still involved in wrestling? Um, yeah, he runs House of Glory. Yeah. So Wilkins from Jabba Tears uh, does work for them. Hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm good for Master P. Yeah, and he works sometimes with your boy, Jason oh. Salamonster. Oh, yeah, that's right. He also uh, announces it for time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Stuff. Uh, yeah, they run a good show. Pretty good, some pretty decent shows too. Yeah, not because he's not running it; he just owns it. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be the owner and let the bookers do their thing. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, Anthony. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Anthony? Tony oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Speaking of speaking of wrestling, um, have you have you had a chance to watch AEW Saturday Night Collision, aka the uh, the uh, punk show? Yeah, the the Angry Philip uh, Evening Daycare Show. Uh, I watched the first episode, and that's it. I am busy. Yeah, I hear that. I, I, I haven't I haven't watched an episode of the of the Angry Philip Daycare Show because you know. You know, Angry Philip has all his friends in the Saturday Night Sandbox, and all his friends get to play with him on Saturdays. And all the people that don't like him, they work on Wednesdays because CM Punk needs his binky because he's tired and works with fucking children. Goddamn malcontent. I mean, I, 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 I still, I still think at Victor some, rant. I still think at some point this unofficial brand split in AEW that Tony Khan's got going on is going to blow up in his face. Because at some point, CM Punk is going to drop another pipe bomb at some press conference. He's going to talk that shit. History's going to repeat itself somehow. 
and we're going to be back to square one. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, because Tony Khan doesn't know when to lay the hammer down, and he's the owner. Like, like what spell does Angry Philip have over that man? The, the, the name? I mean, he's, he's not worth it. I mean, his body, his body can barely hold up under pressure. Watch what happens when CM Punk hits another injury. And then you see how crabby he's going to get. And then you get, you're going to get Brawl Out Chapter 2 Electric Boogaloo. Whose arm's going to get bitten this time? Is Ace Steel going to lose his job again? Hey, I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm just waiting. And for all the, all the, all the angry Philip fans who want to be apologists and, you know, justify his behavior, hey, you come talk to me once the, once, once the whole situation implodes again. Because CM Punk is the submarine. Okay? Oh my god. <laughs> and, and at some point, the pressure's gonna be too much, he's gonna implode, and we're gonna be sitting here looking... Some people are gonna be sitting and looking rather foolish, and Tony Khan's gonna have that same wide-eyed, wide-eyed, coked-up stare at a press conference like, Gee, I didn't know this was gonna happen. Please. Man, please. You, 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 are, 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 you, are you an owner of a wrestling company, or are you just somebody's million billionaire best friend? You can't be both. That's all I gotta say. Oh! Money in the Bank was good, though. It was good. I liked Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank was very good. Great London crowd. I love the fact that they're everyone's singing along to just to Cody Rhodes' theme song. They're singing along to everybody's. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um, yeah, send your money in the bank. I want. I'm not mad. I was going for LA Night, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah, D- Damian Priest earned it. He did. He earned it. And uh, and EO Sky, the right choice for. Women's yeah, I like, and I like how they did it too. Yeah. That was that was great too. That was very that was a creative finish. Yeah. Civil um, War though, civil, that match was good. Oh yeah, the Bloodline Civil War. That was that was that was some good storytelling right there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. We tried to get we tried to get some info from Lloyd, man. I'm like, yo, what's going on with your family, man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, you know, I'm thinking maybe. Maybe we'll see uh, the return of... Maybe Rikishi should get involved in the story. Believe it or not, I read somewhere that, like, Jay wants that to happen. Jay wants a match with Jimmy at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. With Rikishi involved. Okay. Brother versus brother. I can see that. Or maybe you could have... Because uh, I'm trying to think, like, who would take the belt off of Roman eventually. Because Jay already had his moment. So I don't see him... I think it is no. I think it could be Jay because now like the story is coming full circle. Yeah. With Jay going after Roman again for the title. Yeah. He's getting the moniker main event Jay Uso and people are backing that. Yeah. So it's like okay, I think it could be Jay and now the story is coming full circle. Yeah. So you think you think you're gonna like draw it out for WrestleMania 40 next year? I don't think so. Yeah. I think. Yeah, because either that or they can re- repeat Cody Rhodes again, but. Because I, I think Cody Rhodes eventually will be a world champion. Yeah. Uh, not, 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 not the world heavyweight champion, but he'll eventually be the WWE champion. Yeah, and I think, too, is like that seed was planted. When he's like, Jay's going to leave you. Jimmy's going to leave you. Yeah. Someone's going to leave you, too. 
The solo. I don't know. He's uh. He's, he, there's something working in that in that brain of his. He's, he's, I think he's keeping his cards close to the vest. Um, Inca King says, uh, "Yep, he, he, he hears that at the end or close to their end of the Usos' career. Hopefully, we'll see." Yeah, they want to do. The, yeah, they both want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, kind of got some got some fires there. Um, L.A. Knight, I think he'll eventually get his moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Yeah, it's, it's so funny too. So my little cousin David walks up to me at Culture Fest. I, I forgot what I was doing. Um, I know I was doing something with the tech, you know, with the tech stuff and everything, with like uh, music and everything. He just walks up to me, and I just look at him. And I just go, and he just answered, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fact of life. <laughs> Dude, it's so over. Oh man, yeah, he is. He's over. In, in, a, in the best way. I mean, I can't believe, like, you know, that uh, he who shall not be named wanted to just keep him as Max Dupree, a manager. But it wasn't working, and and I'm glad they, you know, they scrapped that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad Triple H saw sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hear also hear that NXT is actually worth watching. Like it's uh, it's found its niche. Like it's not it's not like black and gold era, but it's better, much better than 2.0. So I'll probably give it, I'll probably give it a shot. I hear good things about Carmelo Hayes and Wesley. And I hear that they're, I like that they're bringing more main roster folks that who aren't doing much on the main roster to NXT. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot at some point. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because I, I miss the black and gold days, but I know we're not going to get those again. But getting the main roster people involved, more, more involved, probably will get, get us closer to that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's that's about it. Uh, yeah, cause I got sleep to catch up on. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, I'll just be, I'll just be chilling, you know. Um, and uh, oh, wait, the TV's back. Oh wait, no, that's the one from, that's the yeah, that's the old one. I mean, I, I could hook up like the PS4 or PS3 to it just to be nostalgic and pretend like it's 2012. Get yourself a backbone. What? What you mean? You know the device that I have, the backbone, where you can hook it up to your phone and it just turns on your play, PlayStation 5? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a kind of like a switch. Kinda. Yeah, but it feels it feels like an actual like PlayStation controller. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, because I know that there's, a, there's some PS3 games that still aren't available to stream on the PS network. Because I really want to play Max Payne 3 again. I've been thinking about that game for a while. Well, you're going to have to hook up your PS3 for that one. But I'm just saying, like, if you want to play PS5, here, yep. as long as you got a good Wi-Fi, yep. just get yourself a backbone and just kind of just play on your phone. Yeah, yeah I just might do that. Um, Inga King says, "Good, uh, you're getting old. You need sleep, Carl." Man, listen, <laughs> my back was hurting today because it was just my back's turn. It was my back's turn to hurt today. I mean, I mean, I mean. Tomorrow will probably be money. You gotta yeah, do maybe some more exercise. You gotta lay off the energy drinks, lay off the fast food, lay off the trans fats and GMOs. so much. Lay off the high fructose corn syrup. You know, you know what you what you need to do, Carl, is, is, is step up your dietary game, right? You need to eat more salad, right? You know what I'm saying? I had a salad today. Yeah. Some salad. Like you go to Whole Foods because Whole Foods is not a salad. Oh, oh, oh! You just reminded me. What's that? What's that? 
after so after we left the Cape Verdean Festival uh-huh. I made a stop because okay. we were walking back to our car uh-huh. Cape Verdean Festival is usually is at Indian Point Park yep. so I made a stop uh-huh. made a stop to Trader Joe's wonderful okay okay for one thing and one thing only what's that the blood orange soda I was gonna send you a picture, but I was like, maybe I was like, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. For damn near four dollars, mm-hmm. this better be delicious. Okay. What's the what's the what's the verdict? You're right. I'm not gonna be sold on the caramel cheddar popcorn. No, you you. Those things are supposed to be separate. But it's juicy. No, it's not. It First is. of all, somebody gives me juicy popcorn. That's just sockiness. <laughs> but listen, like caramel and cheddar, like it's they're it's, separate. Those those two things come in the popcorn tins that you give as a last minute Christmas gift. I'm, I'm telling you, don't. That are supposed to be separate. You got the caramel, you got the cheddar, mm-hmm. and you got the the stale butter. Tell me the step butter doesn't taste stale in those popcorn tins. Yeah, it really does. Thank you. But, but I'm telling you, cheddar and, and caramel, it's it's it, it's it's like the ta- it's like the tag team that you didn't know you wanted, but you realize you needed. No. Nope. nope. I'm telling you, when those two flavors, Carl, make sweet love in your taste buds, in your mouth, right? And if you put some hot sauce on the on, on the caramel or cheddar you get that you get an experience that's both hot and creamy you are disgusting <laughs> you are disgusting <laughs> on all ways <laughs> pour it all over your favorite plate you are no or your favorite go. partner let your imagination run wild caramel cheddar popcorn with some hot sauce Yes, and we would like to thank our sponsors, the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. Bite that shit. What are we talking about? We are thanking our sponsors, the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. Oh, yeah, 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 Festivals and came and went. Um, yes, this Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, I guess she couldn't make out, make it out. But you know, please, please do support DJ Lady Rock's uh, blend battle. Um, I'm telling you, you want to support support your community events. Yes, absolutely. And uh, last but not least, uh, big shout-outs to a friend of the show, Jim Savard. Yes. Um, this Saturday, uh, July 15th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Rubber Chicken Comics in Bellingham, Mass. Um, he will be uh, introducing uh, his latest comic book, Liner, which he talked about uh, two weeks ago. Starring us! Yes, starring us. Yep, so... Victor Bird and Carlo Moyo. He must be adopted in something. There's no way he looks like a Carlo Moyo. Hell, there's no way he looks like a Victor Bird. <laughs> no, you you can pull it. Your character can pull off a Victor Bird. But <laughs> Carlo Moyo is like, 
He must be. He must have some black parents. You know, someone. Yeah, let's see who was adopted. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, yep. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, he'll be there to talk about his comic along with uh, artist of Liner, uh, Mark uh, Mark Mark Marcarina. Uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm butchering that name. Um, uh, also, the letterer Joshua Hurst and Mike Doherty, Doherty, who is the cover artist. So check out the entire crew of Liner, uh, Saturday, July 15th, 11 to 2, Rubber Chicken Comics, Bellingham, Mass. Also, I will be spitting at a loft ho- downtown hotel in Providence in their, in their WXYZ lounge. Obviously, drink. there's going to be food and drink specials and backyard games, weather permitting. Mm-hmm. And free of charge, just come on out, support your boy. Get you know, grab some drink specials, bring your spouses. Yeah, I'm on the ones and twos. Yeah, come through. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, you can catch our shows. Uh, you can catch Codex Prime uh, for the next uh, couple months on Wednesdays. Wednesdays around eight ish p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. All of our episodes will also be available in audio form on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio. Um, I would say Stitcher, but I think that they're they're shutting down. Oh, really? I think so. Um, well, but, uh, on your preferred streaming platform. Yeah, search for Codex Prime Podcast, you'll find us. Yeah. And we're also on Instagram at, at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast. There you go. Yeah. So so that's about it. So yeah, uh, that's so that's it. So, so that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, tune in next Wednesday uh, for more Codex Prime goodness. Now, as you know, well, we are in the month of July. Ah, damn. And you know what that means. So next week, I'm going to be bringing some sweet, sweet Criterions from the Criterion Collection sale at Barnes & Noble, 50% off. Ooh, it tickles every one of my cinematic fancies in all the right places. You want all In all the wrong ones, too. Okay, and on that note... <laughs> <laughs> And as always, uh, thank you for watching and listening. Uh, We will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.